Welcome to our Forever Young Podcast, where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young, because you're never too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy. And my name is Sherry Marichu. Hello, Sherry. Can you guess why I'm super excited this evening? Well, I know, Christiana, we're celebrating today. Yes, we are. We are celebrating the launch of my book, A Rose for Grammar. That's right. I'm so super excited to get my hands on a copy of your amazing book. But first, as always, let's invite our listeners to grab a tall glass of water, take us for a walk, or sit comfortably and join us for our special podcast for the launch of Christiana Eggie's book, A Rose for Grandma. Christiana, this is so exciting. Let's start simply. Please share with our listeners the premise of your book. Eros or Grandma is about Annie, a young Black girl from Toronto, who absolutely adores her grandparents, especially her grandma. She loves spending time with them, especially she enjoys gardening with her grandparents, along with her baby brother, Andy in her mother's beautiful rose garden. Her most favorite thing to do, however, is to bake with grandma. Grandma is an exceptional baker. She even baked her own wedding cake. And on top of her wedding cake was a beautiful red rose. When you read the book, you know why roses are very important to grandma. However, Annie started noticing changes in grandma. Grandma seemed to be more sad, confused, forgetful, and sometimes she was grumpy. These strange things started to cause Annie some fear and concern, as she does not understand why her favorite grandmother, the lovable, huggable grandma, was starting to behave this way. Then she finds out that her grandma has Alzheimer's disease, and she was devastated. That is so amazing and touching. And I'm just really excited for everybody to be able to read this book, Christiana. So what made you want to write a book about dementia? Well, it's a long story. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Everybody get comfortable. Please do. (laughs) Actually, quite early on, when we started Alexis Lodge, we had a cook. Her name is Valentina. She's also a PSW. She was very motherly to me, very nice, kind. And she always used to tell me, just experiencing everything that we're going through, she would say, Christiana, make sure you write everything down. Because one day you are going to write a book about your experiences. Well, did I do that? No, because I I, I always thought I had this huge brain that will always remember everything. I do remember most of the significant things that happened, though. However, one day after I dropped my daughter off to Waterloo and I was coming back home, I was listening to Joel Osteen. This is a subscription that my son got for me. So I was listening to Joel and he was actually in, interviewing Tyler Perry on that day. 
And it was so intriguing just to hear Tyler Perry's journey, the challenges he faced. He gave up so much to get to where he is now. Both men were talking about how you can do a lot to impact the world. It doesn't matter where you are. You can make huge changes. And I was so inspired. I was almost home. I had to pull into a plaza, number one, for safety, and number two, so that I could listen to the end of their conversation. So after that, I became really inspired to do something. And we're doing the LR program at the time. And you remember, I told you from the very outset that I was going to write a book, right? So this started, and at first, I was going to write one of those baby books where you just one-liners, like, oh, my grandma is so fun. You know, I love my grandmother and all that. But very quickly, the words started to pour. I was like having writing diarrhea, like, you know, I couldn't stop. So I wrote all these really long manuscripts. I mean, I think you were actually fortunate to read some of them <laughs> in the beginning. Anyway, finally, my journey led me to an editor, Sarah. So when she read through the first time, she was like, oh, this is amazing. I can't wait to pick up one from a library near me or from a bookstore. You need to get this out. She was so excited. So I said, hmm, you're the person I want to work with. So she also suggested that rather than having the books the way I envisioned them, because when I started, I decided, okay, let's do the outset of a dementia, a dementing disease. Then we'll move on to, you know, when this individual can no longer be cared uh, for at home, engage him in a, a memory club, right? Where they'll go for the day and then go home. But, and then in the end, I wanted to write about a facility, like a home-like environment, like Alexis Lodge. But she said, you have so much information. Why don't you write about three different families instead of, you know, pouring everything into one family? So at that point, I decided, okay, I will write about three different families, but I will also write about three different types of dementia because, you know, dementia is very misunderstood. If you're not really dealing with the process, you think, oh, Alzheimer's is the only thing and so forth. So erosogramma is about Alzheimer's disease. So Annie's grandmother develops Alzheimer's. But the second book is titled Unmasking Grandpa. In that book, grandpa develops something called vascular dementia, which can happen from, you know, damage to the brain from vascular diseases such as um, diabetes or high blood pressure. And in the third book, grandma develops mixed dementia, which means grandma does not only suffer from Alzheimer's, she also suffers from vascular dementia. So that is what I've done in the three books. And it's quite exciting. <laughs> So yeah, so that is the first thing we need to tell people, Christiana, is that A Rose for Grandma is just the first book. Yes, it is. That's and right. And I'm just talking about them together as one, <laughs> right? And I remember the first night when I told my daughter I was going to write the first book, she was very encouraging because she had actually published her first book at 17, The Lives We Lead. Well, I've been encouraging her since to write a sequel or to write another book. Hopefully, I would somehow inspire her to do that. That's amazing. That is amazing. So, Christiana, tell me, what made you decide to use people of color as characters for the story? 
in Toronto and a lot of other places, there's shortage of black stories being told, particularly here in Canada. And the only ones that are told that are centered around racially oriented trauma. It has been my desire to highlight the regular everyday stories and challenges of our community, to show an aspect that is not crime related or oriented, for little children to be able to pick up a book and learn about a disease such as Alzheimer's or the other types of dementia that maybe they have a grandparent or a friend has a grandparent who is going through this process. That way they can know that, yeah, you know what, this speaks to me. So that is what I did. And that is why the characters are Black. That is very beautiful, Christiana. I love that. So now tell me about your process. Can you share your writing process? I mean, maybe share with us what your biggest challenge was when writing this book, (laughs) other than your gigantic manuscript. (laughs) I know, right? So I guess I'm not cut out to write for children. So (laughs) off the back, it could not fit into a children's book, which only had to have just a few hundred words because this is a few thousand words. Again, my wonderful editor, Sarah, was able to say, let's change it to middle grade. So it would be more lengthy. So that is the biggest challenge. And also the other thing is child speak, you know. So the way we say things is different from the way children will speak. It's like the proof editor, he actually tried to get me to change this part where Annie says, my grandparents are some of my favorite people. You know, grammatically, it's not correct, right? But for children, that's how they talk. They are some of my favorite people. So, you know, things like that, Sarah had to help me change or break down certain things to a certain level for children to be able to absorb. So when I started out, I wanted to do a children's book. So I had the one-liners, but it wasn't working out for me. And then I just started, you know, writing and writing. And this is where we are today. So... (laughs) There's so much that you learned while while writing this book. Lots, even through the publishing process and so forth. It's a huge learning curve, but I was able to go through it. And I'm really happy that I've learned enough to be able to guide people now to say, this is what you do. And of course, I went the self-publishing route. I used a hybrid company, right? Yeah. So it's self-publishing slash help from them. So that's Mm -hmm. what I did. And so then what was your biggest win with writing this book? I mean, not just that you've written a book, you published it and people can buy it. That's amazing. But what are you most proud of? I think it's really sort of surreal because, you know, from that little dream of, you know, telling my daughter I'm going to write this book because she actually turned to me one day and she said, Mom, I'm really proud of you. You did it, you know. Not only did you write one, but you actually wrote three because I wrote them all about the same time. And actually, book two is the most interesting. I wrote it in two hours. And you know the way I type with one finger. (laughs) I was able to whip it up because I actually suggested that I change the characters to three people. I had to think about it. See, I've got the information, but actually just now, 
turning it into stories, right? That was what yeah. I had to do. But when she saw it, she was really excited. So I said, hmm, I can do this. Book three, here I come. <laughs> All books are ready to be published. I'm just letting book one, Aerosol Grammar, see my little bit. So then yeah. I'm asking grandpa. Well, don't me. make us wait too long. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the final one is, I think you will love that one, Dancing with Memories. So there's yes. a lot of dancing in there. So maybe I should have written about Hawaiian dancing. <laughs> <laughs> So if our listeners don't know, Christiana runs two retirement homes for people with dementia. And if you don't know that, then you really need to go back into our podcast and listen, especially to the one where we introduce ourselves. But Christiana, can you please share a little bit about the origin story of your homes? Yes. So in 1999, my late husband, Tony, and I started Alexis Lodge. Prior to that, I had worked at the mental health center downtown, the Cam Edge. At the time, it was called Queen Street. And I would always come home with sad stories about, you know, the deplorable living conditions of people, that the patients that we admit, and how they will return back to the hospital cyclically. Like, you know, they get better, they're not taking their medications, they come back. And I often wondered if they would have been doing much better if they had a good home where people actually supervise their care, make sure they took their medications, you know, rather than just, you know, taking the rent. And, you know, when you're caring for someone with mental health challenges, they need a little bit of TLC. Mm -hmm. So, and my husband had enough of those stories. And (laughs) when my third child, Alexis, he decided that, you know, I could start a home for people with mental health challenges. I jumped at the opportunity, but at that point, I wanted to do a retirement home and take care of people with uh, Alzheimer's. So that was how we decided to create a home that is caring, supportive, and that will help to alleviate that social stigma from mental health challenges and also give the people an environment that they could call home where they'll be this treated with respect and dignity and so that was what we did and that is what I have been doing for the past couple of decades it's been very interesting because it's very fulfilling I've been able to touch and you know impact lives and so through those years I've learned a lot of things that actually led me to this point of writing these books right so that's amazing I love it I mean, if people cannot hear in your voice how caring you are, they they have to take it from me because <laughs> having Christiana as a friend is amazing. If you're going through something, she is right there with you. It is yeah, amazing to you. have you as a friend, Christiana. I'll send you a big check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> That's what friends are for, right? So I can see what I'm trying to say is I can see how it would translate into your work, into it doesn't even seem like work for you, I'm sure, except for paperwork, right? But like caring for people in your homes is something that you just do naturally and it would make everyone feel welcome and loved. It's a family. Yes, exactly. I've been here all day and I still feel very much at home. (laughs) (laughs) 
what you have another home <laughs> i know right sometimes my sometimes my daughter wonders you know when she, my grandson is going to bed now it's like where's lobby at alexis lodge so so now that you've got this amazing book about alzheimer's how do you plan on sharing it with the world I mean, other than me shouting it from the rooftops for you. <laughs> Actually, my biggest hope that it will be a conversation opener. That even in spite of the fact that dementia has reached global proportions, I think in Ontario alone, we have more than 55,000 people that suffer from dementia. Yet it's not being talked about much. There are so many people who are dealing with this struggling that don't even know where to turn. So I hope that this will be an opportunity for people to actually start having those conversations and people would actually learn how to get help or find help because dementia actually is like, it's a very lonely disease because when you develop a dementing disease, you cut it off from your friends. Sometimes it's because of ignorance. Those friends don't want to catch it. They think it's something that they can catch especially from seniors, right? Or, you know, you start to isolate yourself and then you you don't have that social connection anymore. You know, people, you know, everyone has a busy lifestyle. So even if you had people checking in on you initially, eventually they fall off and it's just you and your family. And sometimes those family members, they pour so much love into these individuals, but because they develop, I think about 40% of people with dementia, we have, you know, what they call responsive behavior, where they could become aggressive, either physically or verbally. And that just tends to turn people off, right? You know, some people would try and try and try. Imagine this person that you've poured so much into. Now it's accusing you of taking their money, stealing from them. They don't want anything to do with you. It's very hard. So if families are not aware enough about this whole process or they don't get that that support some people burn out and they don't even want anything to do with that particular family member anymore so it is really sad so people need support people need awareness people need to know where to turn how to get help you know we all need also to be supportive you know you know, look, checking on your friends, family, and, you know, get information for them. Yeah. So those type of things. So that is what I'm hoping that these books will do, that these books will be able to touch and impact lives. I wrote it for children because I wanted people to be able to see this disease through the eyes of children. Oftentimes, there's an oversight where their, their feelings are concerned. You don't seem to remember that they are feeling as much pain and fear and confusion as you as an adult is feeling, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not discussing it. So you're not talking to them about it. Like in the second book, I know we're talking about a rose for grandma, but in the <laughs> grandpa, the, the grandmother actually got the, this grandson, Tony, to start, you know, journaling, writing about his feelings. So we need to have openness so uh-huh. that the children again in book three <laughs> that is with dementia when the father tried not to talk about what was happening and the girl became defiant her mom told the dad that it was better for the child to know because children could start acting up they could become withdrawn you know and so forth so if 
children can learn. And you as an adult, anyone of any age picks up this book, you will learn something about it. Well, yeah. And I think that's what's amazing about it too, is that it's written simply in a way that anybody can understand it. And it already makes it easy for you to explain it to a child or a young person or even an older person, right? That may not know and need it to understand it more simply. So I think that's also the beauty of, of the level at which the books are written. So mm-hmm. it's pretty exciting. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> so much social stigma out there. Yeah. We're different, you know. We just have to learn to be respectful of other people. So would that be your one takeaway for our listeners about the rules for grandma? Yes. Just, you know what, be respectful, be mindful of, you know, people, not just, again, for me, it's not just about dementia. It's also about mental health as a whole. It's like we're going through this pandemic, you know, more and more people have developed mental health challenges. Some people don't want to talk about it. They don't know what to do, what to, you know, don't laugh at people. Don't, don't take light of people's feelings. Just be, you know, be a good friend, be a supportive neighbor or a supportive relative. And also, you know, when you see someone acting weird, like I take residents out and people are looking or, you know, running away from you and stuff, you know, no one asks to be ill. No one wants to be. That's it's right. like people with mental health challenges. What I tell people, we were all born beautiful. You know, every parent thinks their child is the most beautiful child in the world. Those same children turn out to have mental illness and then the world wants to turn its back on them. No. You know, and even here at Alexis Lodge, I often tell my staff, even though it's a home for people with dementia, I've taken care of the 21-year-old autistic person. I've taken care of a 23-year-old person with brain damage, 27-year-old, because I open my home to everyone, people that nobody wants, right, because of their behaviors, because we all deserve to be loved and cared for. We could be in an accident. We could even trip in our own home and damage our brains and someone has to care for us. So the the motto here at Alexis Lodge is to do unto others as you will have them do unto you. So just, you know, bank your, 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 um, your reward for the future, you know, be good to people so that God forbid should something happen to you someone will take care of you the same way. So that is my takeaway. It's a long one, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful one. (laughs) Thank you. Beautiful one. Be respectful of others. Care for others. You know, don't pass judgment quickly. Let's let's tell people where to get your book, Christiana. Come on, tell them. You can get it at Amazon.com and um, BarnesandNoble.com for Canadians. It's not on Amazon.ca yet. I don't know. I'm going to see if there's anything I can do to get it on there. I don't know. Yet. So with chapters, but it'll be on several, I think more than 35 online okay. stores. And as well, it will be on ebook format that will come. It just been released in the last couple of days. So um, that will happen and it can be assets worldwide. So I mean, as right. much as, I appreciate a good ebook. 
I really am going to get a physical one so you can yes. sign it. Autographed one coming yes. your way. Yes, yes, definitely. And the next that, day, I think it's been shipped already. So right. yes. because you were there at the very beginning, you had oh. some readings to do. It's like, Sherry, can you take a look at this? <laughs> I'm glad to have um, played just a tiny little portion of the journey of this. It's It's been so amazing. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations, Christiana. Thank you so much. I appreciate the support. It's been tremendous. And I do hope that, you know, one or two families will benefit from reading this book and that, you know, it actually in some circles actually gets that conversation going. So that would be my wish for the books, for the book and books. We'll make that happen. We will make that happen. Amen to that. Yes. Thank you so much, Sherry, for interviewing me for this book. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So until we talk to you guys again, I am Christiana Eggy. And I'm Sherry Marie Chu. See you next time on Forever Young. Until then, keep smiling because... You're never too old to become younger. The Forever Young podcast is created and produced by Christiana Eggy and Sherry Marie Chu and it is produced and engineered by Elise Hill. The podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests. The content should not be taken as medical advice. It is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at ourforeveryoungpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under Our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>